This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the 100% LCFC podcast, brought to you by 100% LCFC and Owen Palmerakin. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are. It's the 100% LCFC podcast. Owen Palmerakin with you, and I'm joined by former Leicester City striker Alan Young and the 100% LCFC chief editor Phil Holloway here at the 100% LCFC studios. Really appreciate you both coming along for the podcast today, gents. Uh, we've got a lot to get through regarding the result on Sunday afternoon, so let's first get stuck into that one. Leicester City moved back into the top four of the Barclays Premier League after dropping out temporarily at the expense of a 3-2 victory over Aston Villa at the King Power Stadium. And it was one of those games, wasn't it, Alan, where City didn't really get going, but they ground out that result with, with uh, tenacity and grit. Well, I think, yeah, the, the, the tenacity and grit and grind it out and all that, but we played good football. We played good football, especially in the second half. We denied Aston Villa. We were second best to a lot of things in the first half. But in the second half, everybody was on their games. Mm. The substitutes had a, had a great impact. And we thoroughly deserved to win the game. We're second top of the league. It's fantastic. Everybody's euphoric. It's wonderful, wonderful times. Stokes City on Saturday. So what? Bring them on. Well, fant- a great atmosphere on at, at the ground as well. And um, everybody's got the feel feel good factor this morning. They certainly have. How important is it that Leicester City beat teams like Aston Villa if they want to finish in the top half of the table, and especially if they want to qualify for Europe? Like you said, you think the Foxes will. If they do want to qualify for Europe, how important is it that they beat teams like Aston Villa? Right. First of all, it's it's, it's just as well you corrected yourself there when you said top half <laughs> and you didn't say Europe because I still believe I've said it before. As you know, we'll be knocking on Europe's door. Right, and everybody will be singing that song, knock, knock, knocking on Europe, so that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But the thing is, Owen, I believe now we can beat any team in the league. I think we've shown that. We've come back from adversity, we've, we've, we've scored goals, we've gone away from home, and we've got a couple of draws, and you know, that's that kind of thing that's going. Stoke City away, it's, I think it's important that we don't lose the game. Rather than either winning it, you know, winning it, because it keeps that little run going. It'll be like Manchester City. They haven't conceded a goal. They'll be mm. going out thinking, let's not concede a goal. Let's make sure we don't concede a goal. Let's keep that going because they know that they'll get one up front. I think the other way we us, we'll go away from home saying, right, let's not get beat. Let's have that attitude away from home. We've had that attitude all season, and that is why we are 
where we are. Mm, uh, Phil, pleasure to have you along. It seems uh, that over the past few games of Aston Villa, it tends to be quite feisty, doesn't it? Did you feel that the fans and the players were playing that game as one on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I, I did think. I think yesterday was, was probably the least feisty out of all the matches in the last couple of seasons we've had with Villa. But um, although Villa That's came, because Alan Hutton wasn't he playing? Yeah, he came on with about made 10 a cameo ago, appearance, didn't, yeah. didn't he? To uh, writers booze from the Leicester fans, obviously. He gets that all over the country. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably could have done with him on 20 minutes earlier to put a bit of steely grit into the Villa side because with, with 25 minutes to go, they, they sort of capitulated a little bit. But no, I thought, you know, I think Villa came with a game plan and I thought it worked quite well for them for the first 60 or 70 minutes. Well, didn't we say last, last week when we were having a chat and stuff, Owen, that um, Aston Villa spent about 43 million or something? 48.5 million pounds or something million, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and obviously you've got that money. I didn't for see the it. Stuff, but... <laughs> No, no, he didn't. But if you look at their team, Bakuna, that the played right back, he's decent. He's a good player. And then they played Micah Richards, uh, centre and half with Julian Lescott. I thought yeah, they were decent right. in the first half yeah. as well. And the left back as well, um, Carlos Shan Sanchez, decent. Char- Charles Gill, who scored the second a goal. Cracking good goal. Good player. What a goal. And I think mm, also Jack Grealish, he's a youngster that will be knocking on England. He scored his first goal, didn't he? Absolutely. What I was pleased about with Villa was that Scott Sinclair and Agbon Lahore, yeah. they didn't turn up. Very quiet. Mm, on Jack Grealish there, uh, first of all, how, is it, how important is it that England time down to, to that nationality? Because he's also eligible to play for Ireland as well. Yeah, I think it said in the media recently, Owen, that he's going to opt for England. So mm. uh, good luck to the lad. But I think he should be joining, be joined by his ex-teammate. Who's that? Come on, do you know? Don't you Mark know? Albrighton. Mark Albrighton. Oh right, yeah. Well sorry, done. you lost me there. I think he's good. I think he's good enough to get a little bit of a going England team. He had a slightly quieter game yesterday, didn't he, Albrighton? I think. Yeah, he did. But um, it, you know, the game dictates sometimes the way that you're going to play. Maybe he, he was sort of thinking, right? Look at this. This guy's as quick as me. I'm not going to run past him. I'm going to have to be a wee bit clever. But when I when I was up against a centre-half and I played and he was getting the better of me, I used to just say to myself, right, stop him playing. Stop him being effective. Make his job absolute hell. You know, kick him, smash him, knock him over, everything. So long as he doesn't he doesn't add to what the other the opposition have. I think uh, Albrighton has got the, the, the experience and the knowledge to say, right, I'm not in a great game now. Mm. My manager might substitute me. But this time, I'm going to get, do my best defensively. I'm going to stop this guy playing. And credit to him for that. Phil, many people before the game were saying they thought it was going to be a, a scrappy encounter. And I think it'd be fair to say that Aston Villa came away from the King Power Stadium knowing they did do a good job on Leicester City for 70 minutes during that game. That Their game plan worked very effectively, didn't it, for the first 70 minutes? Yeah, I, I think that it's been well documented in the media over the last couple of weeks that Leicester are sort of playing a counter-attacking game. And you can see that in some of the ways we're playing with our pace from in all departments, right from the back right through. And I think Villa... Villa came and played, they were playing the ball very slowly round the back four and back. It reminded me of Liverpool of the 80s. They were just keeping possession and Leicester looked a little tired and raggedy, not quite harrying them down in the first half so much. And then they sort of, they then almost hit us on a counter-counter-attack, it felt like, with Villa. So I think they came and did a good number on us. Mm, let's did talk. Spurs. Let's talk Mike Dean now, Alan, um, because obviously oh you better sw- you put, better put your earplugs in there because there, there might be a few swearies <laughs> coming out here. What what would you rate his performance on Sat on Sunday? Should I say 
What would you rate it out of 10? Out of 10, nothing. Zero. <laughs> Zilch. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I, I think the man's a complete and absolute imbecile. It's the Mike Dean show. Wherever he goes, it's, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm Mike Dean. I'm the greatest referee in the world. He's an absolute poltless, as we would say in Scotland. He was hopeless. Poltless. A poltless. P-O-U-L-T-I-C. What's one of them, then? A poltless is put, someone you put on. A, a Mike burn, Dean. A burn to cool it down. <laughs> right? Right. So that sort of... And you call somebody that, when you? Aye, aye. But honestly... The number of things that he got wrong. Jamie Vardy's penalty for crying out loud. Yeah, look, cast iron from 100 yards away. It was stupidly obvious. And he said, for once, he's in the right position to yeah. see it. But then he doesn't give it. Waves it away. Oh, yeah. waves it away with those flipping flailing arms. and it's very uh, dramatic how he does and things. Stuff like that. No, but he missed a lot of stuff. In terms of the yellow cards that he, he, he was dishing out. Yeah. I, I, well, not what, dishing out. Were you, exactly. Were you surprised that a Leicester City player was booked first, Alan? Rather than an Aston Villa player. No, nothing would surprise me with this geezer. Absolutely hopeless. <laughs> Do you know he gets paid a great wage, a retainer. He gets all his travel expenses. He gets put up in a nice big hotel and everything. You know, he, he thinks he's, he thinks he should be called Sir Mike Dean. But honestly, the sooner the FA get him on his off his list, the better because the game will be better for it. It's not about him, and his his interpretations of incidents is wrong. The left back for Aston Villa smashed Robbie De, uh, Richie Delat near the end of the game in the corner flag, and then seconds later books him at last. Marez after at that last, thing, and then he goes and whacks somebody else. Another bookable offence. Why don't you? Why don't you do the proper thing? It's in the laws of the game. It's not the laws of Mike Dean. It's the laws of football. Sort yourself out, man. Let's move on from Mike Dean before it gets uh, a, you started a little bit it explodes. You started it. You set him off. <laughs> I, was just, I was just posing a question. What would you rate his performance out of 10? Alan, Alan then took it into his own hands. Don't blame you, sir. Um, I want to pose the next question to both of you. Now, clearly two goals for Aston Villa yesterday. Very good finishes. But could they have done, uh, could Leicester City have done anything to prevent those goals from happening? Of course, the one I'm referring to uh, mostly is the, the second uh, goal. For me, Jeff Schlupp didn't track his man. Alan, I know you you yeah. have uh, you, you agree with that, but you also think it was Gokhan Inla who, who contributed to that um, in the in the phase of play before that. You could transfer the blame on uh, uh, Jeff because he did get caught wrong side. He did get back in cover. But again, you've got to expect the ball to come across. And I think that was, if he's guilty of anything, that's what it is. It all started with Inla in midfield. Now, Jeff's starting to come forward out of the left-back position, more to a left-midfield position, to give Inler a pass. Inler lost it. And Jeff's not only got to get himself back goal side, he's got to be watching the ball and watching the player. Difficult to do when you're running at full tilt, by the way. Mm. Right, so that's, mm. that's that goal. The first one, I think we, we failed to defend. We failed to clear it. The ball's rattling a bit all over the place in the penalty area and nobody's getting a, a good wedge on it to knock into Rose head. And uh, I think that was very, very disappointing. Again, a very good finish for Jack Grealish. He stuck it in very, very well. But um, avoidable. Both goals avoidable. Mm, indeed. Um, clearly, overall, it was a very good three points for Leicester City to pick up. But after the game, I spoke to a couple of Leicester fans who had their say on, on Sunday's fixture. First half, we were shocking. Second half, brightened a bit. And then when Kanta came on, the game changed. Was, well, Leicester, we know, fighting spirits. And the passion were there. Brilliant. 
I didn't think we played very well first half, but we deserved it. After, after well, we just kept going, didn't we? And that's it. That's all that matters. We won. Well, I thought it was poor, poor first half performance. But like I say, ran around and the old tinker man changed it. Second half, they come out, they played at tempo, which we're used to playing, and the other teams can't live with it. We play with that tempo for 50, 90, 60 minutes, whatever, 90 minutes. Teams can't live with it, mate. That's the thing. Fortunately, a very poor first half. Game of two halves again. We came out second half fighting. Uh, never gave up. What, what more can you say? Foxes never quit. Uh, didn't think we were going to get three points. I thought the draw was going to be a fair game, but take three points any day. The voice of several Leicester City fans after the game against Aston Villa last Sunday. Now, one of them, Alan, said Foxes never quit. An old sentiment that's ringing out throughout supporters over the last few weeks. About the atmosphere on, on Sunday, because I spoke to a fan at half-time, he said the atmosphere was awful um, at the game and it came to the conclusion it's because the players weren't giving the fans anything to shout about. Doesn't the atmosphere work both ways? Don't, don't the fans need to encourage the players to give them something to shout about? Obviously, you would have experienced that in your, in your playing career. said it a million times. That the supporters do not know, or they're starting to know maybe, they're starting to take responsibility as well, which I feel is fantastic because they now believe that they can influence the, the lads on the pitch. And it is a fact, it's true. It gives you a big, big boost. You know, when we got our first goal uh, against Aston Villa, it just was starting to big, maybe go a wee bit quiet, and then the goal comes. And from then on in, I mean, Aston Villa were on their way home. Half the supporters started going on their way home. Cheerio, everybody started shouting. And it never stopped until the end of the game. At the start of the game... The big flag. Gosh, the big flag, doesn't it have? Lift you, lift your spirits and make you think, yeah, this is, we're going to win today again. And togetherness and fearless. There are another two expressions mm. that, that, that have been used, one by Rapidly myself. becoming the phrase of Leicester City at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Foxes never quit. Fearless, togetherness, all that, you know, and, and, and I think it's absolutely marvellous. And it is, and the supporters, once again, you're needed. You're absolutely needed. And I, but I've said, you don't have to wait to sing until we've scored. Do it right for the start. Do it for the off. And don't stop. Even if we go 1-0 down, don't stop. Because now you definitely know we can come back for a 2-0 deficit. How hard is it when you're on the pitch and you're not having the best of games? You're one or two goals down. You're trying to produce that little bit of something to spark a bit of life back into the game and you hear the fans getting on your back. It's not happening for you. How hard is that for it's a player? It's a horrible, horrible feeling. It's a, you, know that, you know that they possibly don't really want to get at you, but in a game where things aren't going for you, your touch is not quite right, so you give the ball away. You get chances mm. and you miss them. Etc. Etc. The crowd start to do the, you know, they, they they get the huff and the puff and everything, and that's a natural reaction, really. But as a player, it, it doesn't help at all. You know, it's it's, it's really you're thinking about the, the next thing you're thinking about. You're not thinking about what you would usually the way you would usually think in the game. The next thing you're thinking about is, for goodness' sake, when it comes, to just try and keep it, not try and do a little one touch layoff and go again as you would normally do. It changes the decision-making that you do as a player. But the supporters, I think they're starting to realise that and they don't really get on the players' backs. I was going to say yesterday at the game, I don't think the fans got on the players' backs at all in the game. I think it was a a slightly more subdued King Power Stadium in the first half because it just wasn't going our way. But after half-time, even though we were losing, the fans, they sang Jamie Vardy's having a party for about 10 minutes solid again, Mm. which started to lift the 
spirits and it was a it came against the play and the fans momentum I think when when Villa scored the second but the, the I think the fans started to dig deep with some of their singing before the players well, when so I, when it does when work was, both ways yeah Phil when I was starting to stand I was sat between two friends Tom from uh, from Kasabian he's name dropping now Phil no 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 well, it's not a bad name drop <laughs> I'll give you that nah, he's a good friend and he sits next to us and I just sort of turned around and see the, the expression on Tom's face and I just I remember saying to him We've still got time. There's still plenty of time. I think there's about 25 minutes left, at least. And and we had time. We had time to go and win it 4-2. Alan, so, can I just jump in there and say, how come at the match you're sat with Tom from Kasabian and I have to sit with John Sinclair? Well, to be absolutely... How unlucky am I? Be, well, to be absolutely honest with you, Phil, <laughs> I would rather sit beside John. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no contest. <laughs> to be fair, I said, I said very similar to Mr. Sinclair with about t- 25, 30 minutes ago. I said, if we could just get one. Was he jumping up and down? And he was. All he was getting all excited, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what he's like, though. Yeah. But, um, we, but all we, love, said, we all said, one goal, we'll turn it. We all love John. With the fans and with the players, you know that it just needs a little spark sometimes. Yeah. And again, Dilat's... Well, that's it. I mean, it, it. It wasn't, yeah, it's your corner and it's a, an awkward sort of foot up in the air, flick, touch, whatever. Good. And it's managed to go in off the bar, off the head or whatever. And it's a guy next two or three up for me saying, did it go in? Because I've got 3-2 yeah. <laughs> as a bet, Leicester to win 3-2, which he went on to win. But it was that kind of little bit of flukiness, little bit of luckiness, um, if, if Ronaldo had gets scored you that, back we'd have all goal, been saying it was the best touch ever. <laughs> I don't think so. Because as Richie, Richie Delat, if you've noticed over the last two or three seasons, when he goes up for corners, he makes that near post run. Yeah, he does. Get Just get a touch head. on. Something to move it, isn't it? Well, you, well what you're doing is your head normally. Mm. Normally you don't get to... As a defender, as an attacker, you're trying to make the ball bounce into the penalty area. Because that then creates chaos. Richie just tried to... He couldn't get it with his head. The delivery was wrong for his head. So yeah. he's, he's put his foot up, got a flick, and the rest history. Mm, Phil, from a supporter's point of view, how frustrating is it to see players trying to make something happen? And it's just, it's just one of those days, like the first 70 minutes of Sunday's match. You're trying, the, the players are trying, the fans are trying to get behind. There's not much to shout about. From a supporter's point of view, how frustrating is that for your club? Yeah, I think watching it yesterday, it, it for the first sixty or seventy minutes, it looked like we were there was endeavour and effort there, but it just wasn't working, and it was hard to. We were sat there trying to think what what was going wrong with it, and it just looked like people were not having. It looked like too many people were not having the best game, and and sometimes that happens, and it just needed. We were saying Ranieri needed to make a make a change, and to be fair, he did at half time with Nathan Dyer, and he did when he brought um, the subs on. Just as they scored, he was about to make the change. So sometimes you just need something to spark it off. Maybe the Vardy penalty that we didn't get was part of it and the fans starting to cheer. So it didn't take much for t- to turn it around. Mm. Um, let's chat about the goals. You both mentioned those uh, in, your, in your pieces. Um, starting with Richie Delat to get the Foxes back into the game. How refreshing was it to see goal line technology finally being put to use at the King Power Stadium do we thank Seth Blatter for that, Alan? I know you're a big fan of <laughs> No, that. I don't think we do. Because he was against it for so long. He said, no, we're not having this, we're not having this. And then all of a sudden, because he's under a bit of pressure, and uh, quite rightly so, he's saying, yeah, okay then, let's do it. It's my baby. It's me that thought about it. Rubbish. Nothing to do with Seth Blatter. Uh, goal line technology and technology in football is always going to happen. It's going to, it's, it's going to have a big part to play. Um, it did yesterday and it has done since it's been introduced it's been with cricket 
and rugby and tennis for so long now, you know, so why not? It makes the referee's job easier. And by Christ, does Mike Dean need his job to be easier? <laughs> but I mean, no, but, you, you and, were sat Alan in the in the posh seats as you do, and I was sat in the family stand. In the family stand, it it actually did look like it had gone in, but we are wrong end to give it a call. But I think, yeah. could you see? From the posh seats, that it. No, gone I wasn't in or sure. Whether you weren't gone sure. I, I, I wasn't sure. sure from from where I was sitting either. It, it was it was a strange one. It was almost like I thought it hit the bar. It, it did um, hit the bar at one stage, but it was when. But I mean, I header, thought I thought it was a clean uh, hit off off the bar rather hit, than the header. Hit the header the and then the bar didn't. No, it, it, it was right. over the line. Yeah, when the guy headed it against mm. the against the bar, and then it went out. It came out. So probably we are grateful for. Although I still think in those situations, a linesman and a ref should probably pick that up but it did happen very quickly no 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 not a chance you're asking a linesman who's probably about 10 yards behind play you know no <laughs> here they from, are he, he from a corner he should give, be for there. him to give a proper decision the yeah. linesman's got to be right on the corner flag looking right yeah. along the byline that's the only way and even then bang bang it's gone how can he sometimes how can he make a decision on that so therefore goal line technology I was maybe a wee bit against it to start with but I think it's, I think it improves the game and I think it makes a referee and linesman's job just that little bit easier. Indeed. Uh, Jamie Vardy popped up next, I'm sure. Alan, you'd have been proud of that finish, that the proper, proper striker's finish. But how brave was Nathan Dyer to, to get on the end of that ball from Mares to, to, to win Leicester City the game, essentially? Especially when you've got a big American keeper who probably it weighs some, something in the region of around 15 stone. And, well, then, you've, and, yeah. then, you, and then you've got Nathan Dyer, who, who you've mentioned uh, previously. Five foot two, soaking wet. Yeah, you know, is is um, is is one of the smaller players in the Barclays Premier League, if not yeah. the smallest. Yeah, and ha- so it's it's incredible bravery for him, isn't it, to to be able to go into one of those tackles, uh, to go in one of those challenges against a keeper who get all sorts of protection. They can use their knees, they can use their hands, they can use anything they want. How brave was he to do that? Well, absolutely. But going back to Jamie's goal as well, I mean, that was all about determination. A great through ball from Mares. Danny Drinkwater, great credit, a great ball across the box. But if you watch, Jamie just wants to get that half yard, that three quarters of a yard first to get there. It's, full, it's, it's determination completely on his face. Wonderful. But as you say, Dyer, is, and again, it's a, it's a strange one for Mares. It's like a little dink flick over the, a straight ball that goes over the, the back four, which is usually is picked up by the keeper. But he sort of hesitated a wee bit. And then he's came. Two wrong decisions. He either should have come straight away or stayed at home. If he stays at home, I think Nathan Dyer heads it into his hands. But credit to Nathan Dyer. He's gone on and he hasn't looked for the keeper. That's the thing that got me. Sometimes when you're going to, to that, there you see the ball. You have a wee look behind to see where the keeper is. And then you miss the ball. He didn't do that. He took the whack. He took the smash. It could have been a lot more significant because it was a fair old hit. And the goalkeeper's not, not shy of about 14, 15 stones. So all credit to the, to the little fella mm. who I thought had a fantastic influence in the game in the second half. Well, let's hear from the man himself. He says his introduction to the side has only improved the pace that Leicester City already have in their ranks. You know, it, it helps when you've got um, Vardy flying down the middle, you've got Riyadh flying down, and, you know, especially me as well. 
um, that you've got people that you know will be there with you rather than you know you're on your own sometimes. So you know once somebody's flying down, you you know we just break and and I think that's massive for 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 a team like Leicester, you know, to counter attack and get numbers forward and uh, we're always going to get opportunities to score goals. The voice of loan signing Nathan Dyer there for Leicester City. He says he improves the, the pace in Leicester City's side, and he's certainly got a point, hasn't he, Phil? City have an awful lot of pace, especially going forward. Um, and you're talking Jeff Schlupp, Richard Delac bombing on from the wings. You've got Mark Albrighton, Riyad Mahrez, Jamie Vardy, Shinji Okazaki, now Nathan Dyer as well. The pace is unbelievable, and that's helping Leicester City in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, there's pace everywhere you look, which from back to front and front to back, which is, which is exciting, and it means that anybody can suddenly pick the ball up like you say, Richard Delat's just as likely to get the ball and bomb down the wing, as is the next player. But Nathan Dyer certainly came in. Uh, fans have already been likening him to his namesake, Lloyd Dyer. But it, it, He's it, Lloyd Dyer with an end product. <laughs> Lloyd Dyer with an end product. <laughs> Lloyd Dyer with a beard and some hair. But we we'll love Lloyd, by the way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll I mean, w- there was a lot of us last year who would have loved to have had Lloyd Dyer in the Premier League for the same sort of effect that Nathan Dyer had yesterday yeah. in the match, which is to come on and, and an do impact something. Player. And let's an just go back to what you, you, you said there, Ron, about um, Nathan Dyer's come in to improve the pace of the side. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That makes me sort of chuckle and giggle a wee bit. Improve, you must be an Olympic sprinter, pal. You know, if you're going to improve the pace mm. that we've got in the team, because, as you say, it is front to back, yeah. side to side, you know. And, and he says, I'm, I've come to improve the pace. Well, good luck. I'd love to see a foot race between him and Jamie and, and, and Jeffrey. He looked right at home straight away, though. He and did. He looked, it was great to see the players. As soon as he scored, the players didn't go and celebrate. They went straight up to check he was all right. Mm. And, th- you know, at the end, there's lots of photos of them all. Cel- he looked like he, he was straight into becoming a, you know, as a lone player. It's That's not what always happens, easy. But That's he, what happens. He looked straight it's into welcome. it. welcome. It's welcome, son. Well yeah. done. You're part of us now. He's part of the team now. He doesn't. He doesn't even now have to try and get bedded in the training ground and stuff. Mm. He's now probably got a nickname. Yeah, and all kinds of stuff. Instant uh, well, fans' favourite totally as well. Accepted by the team, by the players, by the manager, and by the supporters. Mm, certainly, we're now going to chat about what the win against Aston Villa meant for Leicester City. After this. You're listening to the 100% LCFC podcast, Alan. I certainly am, John, and what a great listener it is as well. That's because you're on it. And you. And uh, Owen. And a little Phil. bit of Phil as well. Where yeah. can we get it? We can get it at LeicesterFanTV.com. So don't miss out, folks. Go and listen. Okay, guys. Now, Leicester City's win against Aston Villa on Saturday was the one that extended the football club's outstanding run of form The football fans around the globe are talking about. Their current Premier League form since April the 4th, which includes 14 games, currently stands at win, 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 lose, win, win, draw, win, 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 draw, draw, win. And that is just in the Premier League, not including the pre-season fixtures. The last time Leicester City lost a game was against Chelsea, the rearranged fixture um, back in April. A total of 29 goals scored and only 14 conceded. It's an incredible run of form, isn't it? It's it really marvellous. Is. And it's, 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 what is brilliant about it is that we've picked the baton up pre-season and we've come out in the first game of the season as though we'd played the Saturday before. Yeah, last season. Yeah. You know, the, that that was it. And then to start the season, the same, you've got momentum from the last season. And I remember being a wee bit, not sure whether that would work against us, the change of manager and stuff mm. like that in the dressing room. But that's all worked very, very well. Uh, and, and very pleased for Mr. Ranieri. 
has been carried on now into the into this season, and so far we're unbeaten this season. We're up alongside Manchester City. We've scored as many goals as them. There's so many things you can say that's positive about the team, mm. about the manager, about the supporters. Enjoy it. We've got to enjoy it because we will tumble. There will be something happens. There will be a Mike Dean decision somewhere <laughs> along the line, you know. Yeah. I think that's what we should call every dodgy session decision. Oh, he said, he's, done a, he's done a Mike Dean. He said, I'm Mike Dean. I think we might start that. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's fantastic. And it's great to see a football club doing so well, playing great football, never giving in. Mm. That's all you can ask. We've got around two and a half minutes of the programme remaining. Um, let's preview Stoke City very quickly on Saturday for the Foxes. I heard a stat the other day, Phil, that Stoke have the highest or second highest number of Champions League winners in their side in the Premier League. It's not um, doing very good. Bojan, Shakiri, Afalai and Onatovic to name four of them. Um, shows the pedigree in their side, despite them being second bottom from in the Barclays Premier table. They currently sit 19th with only two points from five games. But it shows they have they do have quality in their side, don't they? Yeah, I think any Leicester fan who thinks we're going to go to Stoke and it's going to be a, a three-pointer with a, you know an easy one is it's being rather silly. I think Stoke have proved over that. I mean, Stoke are where Leicester, I hope Leicester get to quite quickly in the fact that they're a, a become a quite well-established Premiership side and they mm. are attracting players of a decent calibre. Exactly. Maybe they're over their best slightly, some of those players, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I certainly remember... It's never an easy place know, to go. Stoke is... The fans... You know, you've got to give credit where it is. The Stoke fans, they've got massive voices and when they start singing Delilah, that they, they, they created a cauldron at the Britannia Stadium a good yeah. few years ago. But we'll, be take, we'll, we'll take three, four, five thousand oh, yeah. there, Phil. You know? I'm very hopeful that we'll go and get the points and the fans Absolutely. will certainly back it. I'm just but saying... Then, uh, if, just because they're bottom of the league but another big reason why I think it's important that we go there and not necessarily win but but don't get beat yeah, I, I right? understand is that. it keeps the run going yeah. and it brings on Arsenal the next Saturday at home yeah. you know so a point against Stoke and three against Arsenal you're whistling Dixie I like that three against Arsenal don't you like that confidence absolutely why not well they're, they're lower than us aren't they yeah, absolutely so, they're below yeah, us in the league Underdog. They'll be fearing. They actually be will scared. come. They will come to Leicester probably with a bit of a game plan, won't they? Absolutely. They'll, they'll, they'll be every looking at what team, we're doing. Every team will do. We've got a game plan for games at home, games yeah. away. That's why I feel that Mr. Ranieri might make a couple of changes. Yeah, you think you might bring Kante in, don't you, for Inland? Well, that was Kante, my next question, I think actually. a shoe on for Very, very, uh, finally, the final, my final question to, to you both, and I want one word answers from each of you. We only have sort of around 45 seconds of the programme remaining. Right. Well, hurry up then. Gokan Inla or Angolo Conte <laughs> to partner Danny Drinkwater on Saturday? Conte, without a doubt. Phil? Um, oh, that was my word, sorry. Um, I would go for Conte. I'd leave it up to Ranieri. <laughs> leave it up to Ranieri. Not one to sit on the Passing fence, the buck, yeah. You'd so, be some manager, you would. <laughs> well, I like Inla, hey. and I think he will come Lloyd, back. Lloyd, I mean, do you want to play? Sorry, Lloyd. One word. Nathan, do you want How to play, son? Yes, word. boss. Okay. what's he doing giving us one word well if you would like to see more preview for the game uh, against Stoke City on Saturday then head over to the 100% LCFC YouTube channel that is all we have time for on today's show I'm going to turn your microphones off thank you very much for bye everybody (laughs) thank you very much for tuning in to the 100% LCFC podcast we'll be back next week with the next edition of the programme you can also keep up to date with all the latest 100% LCFC news on our Facebook and Twitter pages alongside the website as well it's www.leicesterfantv.com but for more here at the 100% LCFC podcast it is goodbye goodbye cheerio 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.